Okay. Hey, everybody. We are here on the Destro Show. You are listening to Cabin Radio. And today on the program, it is a very, very big day. We have got TV icon Jonathan Torrens on the line. Jonathan, how are you this morning? Oh, man. Am I at that stage of my career? I think so, yes, definitely. I think you're beyond that stage. Perspectives and stuff. <laughs> it's awesome, man. Like, so, I like being at this point in my career because I've been working 30 years this fall. And I'm entering, like, my Gary Busey years. Like, I, I now I can, like, make bad decisions and say mean things and not have to be accountable for it because people write it off as just, oh, he's just um, a veteran. He's been around a long time. He's starting to lose his mind. And there you go. I mean, that must be pretty, that must be a very liberating feeling then, right? To be at that, to have that sort of reflection now. Well, you know, I would say the biggest difference between earlier in my career and now is I, I spent a lot of time earlier in my career thinking every gig was the last one I'd ever get. I'd never work again. I had to hustle and grind and try to create opportunities. And now I'm at the point where I've worked for long enough that something always comes up. It, you know, it, the things always seem to work out exactly how they're supposed to, whether it's clear to you or not in each moment. So I guess I've learned to just kind of trust and relax a bit more. Because otherwise, I've said this before, you're either working or worrying, and you're never just really just being. And that's so important. No, it's definitely, I mean, that seems to definitely be a good piece of advice. And that's sort of what I wanted to chat with you about here uh, today was sort of just any advice you'd give out there, like myself, obviously, um, you know, I'm involved in the CBC uh, Next Up competition. It's the amateur stand-up competition. I've tried to get on some uh, open mics. I've done comedy skits. I've done short films. So I'm, I'm obviously trying to get into entertainment or, you know, trying to be, I guess, it's sort of subjective because some, some could say I'm already sort of locally entertaining. And once you do something, what is it, like James Cameron said, once you direct, once you call yourself a director, you're a director? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but what would you give to people out there that are, um, you know, they, they, they can capture a crowd, they can tell a story. What would you, what sort of advice would you give to them if they wanted to get into television? Well, it's such a strange time in, in this business. I mean, technology is a great equalizer and, you know, anybody can make a short film or shoot themselves to a stand-up or whatever. They can do it on their phone. They can put it out to the internet. So it's not like geography is an excuse. It's not like you know, growing up where I did in PEI or, or Nova Scotia, you think people in Toronto get all the opportunities and, you know, it's hard to cut through the noise when you come from somewhere different. Um, now, you know, everyone has the internet service, so there's a good chance you could get it, get your stuff up on YouTube. So I guess the first piece of advice would be just do it. Any amount of energy you spend going, man, it's not fair, other people get other opportunities, or, you know, in, in Toronto, for example, there are a lot more outlets for stand-up comedy, that's true, but that is a direct waste of energy that you're taking away from accomplishing your goal. The second thing is, I would cite Trailer Park Boys as an example. When it launched on Showcase, nobody knew what Showcase was. It didn't matter that it was on Showcase, but it was good enough or different enough or intriguing enough that people found it and started to share it, and it didn't really matter if it was on a network that people didn't know. It's the same with YouTube or your own website. If it's good it will rise above the din. And the third thing is, the things that resonate, and I think this is true of the planet Earth these days in general, people are um, scrambling for and, and dying for authenticity because these, you know, Instagram 
profiles and stuff create unrealistic ideals and they're fake and we're not really sure what's pure and what's true. The thing that I've learned from doing my podcast is the less we produce it and the more we share in and of ourselves, the more it resonates with our audience. So don't worry about emulating someone else's comedic voice. Find your own because if it's unique and it's true, it will work. No, very true. That's that's awesome advice because, and that's what you're sort of seeing is that the, you see the ones that really, like you said, that they rise up the organic ones, and they can you can definitely tell when you've got it, you've got it, right? It's something I don't think you, you don't think it's something you can teach. I don't think it is either, and and I, and I always say, you know, working in TV specifically, you can learn the technical things about how to land on your mark and how to find the light and things like that. You can learn etiquette how to uh, treat the crew and how to be respectful. Like, like those things you can be taught, but it, you either have it or you don't. And um, that, I think, becomes clear pretty quickly. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because you can see the people that are given. And, I mean, this is something in my experience, uh, you know, working in, in northern media um, as, a, as a VJ and, um, you know, as, a, as an on-screen personality for the, for the news, is there are some people who, are, who work hard, but then you put them in front of that camera and it's like, ah, you know, but they're great reporters. They're great writers. But it's just sort of when you do that, when you cross that threshold into on camera, that's when some people sort of stumble a bit. Well, do you know, I did um, a short film project with uh, my sister-in-law. And I guess, you know, we tend to think of a group of kids as being a group of kids and they're all kind of the same and kids are sweet or whatever. It was kind of, really eye-opening for me to learn that some kids were shy, some kids were jerks, some kids were outgoing, some kids were sneaky. I don't know, it sounds so obvious to say out loud, but to assume that everybody is cut out for doing that one job in front of the camera when there are so many fulfilling jobs on the other side of the camera as well, it's kind of naive, you know? No, absolutely. And that was the one thing we learned... uh... Sorry. Universe now where people have to do more than one thing, right? It's not enough to be a reporter. You have to be a VJ and writing digital content at the same time, and you have to wear a whole bunch of hats. It's the only way to survive. And that's it. You know, we, we learned that with uh, film training uh, with, our, with our friend Kenny Chaplin out of Regina, is that there are so many below-the-line positions on a film set or a production that tons of people can have input on that you could grow, you know? Like Kenny started off as an extra and now, you know, assistant director and things, you know, so this, the growth is there for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Just, just get going. Just do it is the best advice I could give. That's awesome, man. So now really quick to talk to you just about characters and making them memorable. Obviously, I mean, in your career, you've hit some pretty memorable characters and just sort of off the top of my head, the most uh, sort of popular one I, I could say here at the region would be J-Rock because it's obviously the most recent as well. So what, what do you bring to that? Like, what do they tell you, and how much of that is, is just Jonathan just amping himself up? Well, Mike Clattenburg, who created Trailer Park Boys, um, went to Cole Harbor High School in Nova Scotia, and I went to St. Pat's High School in Nova Scotia, and there were so many J-Rocks that went to our high school. <laughs> so we started working together on a show called Street Sense all those years ago, and um, we really bonded over those guys in our high school who kind of talk like that. Uh, they were really funny. So we talked like that around the office at Street Sense. And when he was doing the Park Boys um, with a couple guys he went to high school with, Ricky and Julian, he said, you should play that character on the show. Um, 
So we, we've been talking like that for a while. We had some early conversations about um, uh, parody versus satire and, you know, specifically the way guys like that talk in their um, quest to prove that they're pretty tough. Yep. You know, you, for example, a lot of those guys use the N-word. Right. It's a terrible word and it's ugly and it's not funny, but it's accurate. Um, so when you're playing a character that is representative of these people that really exist, you have to kind of find, especially if it's a comedy show, you have to find where the line is that feels true without being gross. Okay, yeah. Um, so I, I would say it was uh, mostly the conversations were about calibrating the character who is, of all the characters on that show, the most over-the-top and the most cartoonish, and you could easily get tired of him the most, which is why I think he always worked best as a supporting character. I don't I don't think you'd want to see the J-Rock show. I think it would get tiring. <laughs> Philosophically, I've always kind of seen myself as someone who wants to move on before the audience does, and I think that's what's allowed me to reinvent and play new characters all the time. That's super cool. I totally see that. Associated with J-Rock that, that people can't imagine me as anything else, you know? Yeah. And that's what I like about your range, though, is that you can play the J-Rocks. You can play the vice principal. You can play the, you know, the, the smarmy TV host at the same time. Like, and they're all very believable because of this range that you have. It's, it's great, man. Well, I found that in the States, when I went down there, they want to know, are you a host? Are you an actor? If you're an actor, are you a sitcom actor or a dramatic actor? If you're a host, are you a comedic host or a game show host or a talk show host? Can't be a little bit of everything. And the great thing about Canada is it's partially out of necessity because I'd never work if I just did one thing. But it's also because people maybe are more sophisticated as an audience here so they can they can envision you doing a few different things. Um, and for my attention span and what interests me, that's allowed me to um, do a bunch of different things. Which is why my podcast is really satisfying because it can be all of those things under one umbrella. And that's so cool. Now, just to talk about the podcast uh, quickly here. So you guys, if you guys are going on tour and you guys have the book out, just talk, can you, can give me a bit of background on that just to sort of uh, give the audience a bit more to that, please. Yeah, it's called Taggart and Torrance. Um, Jeremy Taggart was the drummer in Our Lady Peace for 21 years. He and I met, um, you know, through uh, charity golf tournaments, stuff like that over the years. And uh, he's a funny guy. We are similar in some ways. It's different in a lot of ways. And, kind of the odd couple, but um, we started talking about Canadianity, which is a word we made up to kind of describe what it was like to grow up in this country and at the time that we did, and it was kind of a nostalgic affection for old commercials and TV shows that are kind of long ago forgotten, yeah. and it really started to get traction, find an audience. Um, so yeah, we were lucky enough to be able to tour, haven't made it up north yet, though we're dying to. Um, we uh, wrote a book for HarperCollins last year, and we're putting out a record on the Dynalone label this year. Awesome. I, I got to say, I have the book. I have the digital copy of the book, and I had to go right to the Northern chapter to see just to hear what you guys were saying about it. And I love it, man. It's got, it definitely got my interest. So anybody out there listening, check out this book, Canadianity. It's out there on all the digital platforms. I'm glad to hear you say that, Des, because 
you know, you try not to read the reviews, and um, we, we wrote a book in which every chapter is about a province or territory, and so I have traveled pretty extensively through the north, as you know, through the Zosky golf tournaments, and I think that's where you and I met first, right, in a hotel bar in Anuvik or something. That was at the Legion, down at the Legion, yeah. Oh, uh, the Legion, yeah, right. So I, I took great pride in writing about the north and uh, wanted my affection uh, for the place and, and really reverence for the place to come through. And the first review I read said, you know, it's an okay book, except for this really tone-deaf chapter about the north. And it really kind of bugged me because I, I was really conscious of wanting to paint an accurate picture of that part of Canada about how lucky we are that it's part of our country and how spiritual the place is and how you never leave there uh, feeling unchanged. Like, it, it's it's so moving and haunting and beautiful and all those things. So I was surprised to read in the one review that I read. This woman said it's kind of a tone-deaf chapter. I think that sounds kind of tone-deaf to me because, I don't know, like I said, and this isn't just me trying to, you know, whatever, um, but definitely it's true that what you said about the character because it is one of those places where um, and this just might be things that I think the North is kind of subjective in a lot of ways where somebody can come up North for work and not put themselves out there and not socialize and then, and leave and leave thinking it's a very remote, isolated place and might not have the best memories of it or the best um, you know, sort of image of the North. But definitely it's about meeting the people. And that's what I want to talk to you about as well is it's open invite to come back up to Inuvik because there's a literal ice village down the river where you could sleep in an igloo under reindeer skins. So it's ready to go. On that. <laughs> I would love that, and and you hear the, the story time and time again, as you know better than me, you know, someone came up for two weeks in 1987 and never left, and then you also hear the stories of people that got off the plane and took a look around and got back on, like it just wasn't for them. Yep. But I, I, I always, the net out of what I try to tell people is, I can't explain it, you just have to go, because it's, it's incredible. No, absolutely. It totally is. And like you said, yeah, we met a few years ago um, with the Zowski tournament, which is something I think that's really great because it does, it promotes literacy and you sort of, it, I think it creates a smaller Canada in the sense where you're seeing these celebrities that you see on TV, but now they're in your community talking with the kids, talking with the people and just spreading a positive message. So definitely that was a really cool initiative. I like that. Well, and I love that, that in the North, Literacy is an oral tradition as much as it's a written one. So th that was pretty uh, life-changing to get to witness up close, you know, hearing elders tell stories and, you know, bannock and tea and <laughs> freezing your butt off and feeling so warm in your heart at the same time. Pretty neat. No, that's totally it, man. That's awesome. I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on the program today, Jonathan. I didn't want to take too much of your time and uh, definitely we'll be calling you up again for sure. So this is not the only time. But as we talked about, if you could just give us a bit of J-Rock to send us off, man, I'm sure everybody would love that. Hey, what's cracking, y'all? It's your boy J-Rock. You know what I'm saying? I'm out. Peace out to my man, Dex. The unit going to holler at you right quick. Peace. Awesome, brother. Awesome. You have a great day, and we will talk to you very soon, my friend. Good chatting, man. Appreciate your time. Thanks.